0: You've heard of domestic violence, but have you heard of child-to-parent
1: violence? Uh, When we're talking about child-to-parent violence, we're talking about where a parent becomes fearful or changes their behaviour because of the potential consequences um, of their child's behaviour towards them. Today on
0: Feed, Play, Love, what child-to-parent violence is and what to do about it.
1: Feed, Play, Love with Siobhan Hunt.
0: Has your child ever hit you? Most parents will answer yes to this. It's very normal for toddlers to lash out in a tantrum or even as a reflex action. But when is a child hitting a parent not normal? Joe Howard is a social worker who has supported families experiencing CPV, child to parent violence. Hi Joe, how are you? Hi, Siobhan. Thanks for having me here. It's a pleasure. I just use the example of a toddler lashing out at a parent, and many of us will understand that this is actually quite developmentally appropriate. When does it become inappropriate? I mean, how can we know when our child hits us that it is a sign of a bigger problem?
1: I think there are a number of indicators that it's becoming problematic, Um, Firstly is even with very young children, I've worked with parents who have actually started to feel fearful or have actually started to change their behaviour in order to, um, I guess, minimise or avoid a child starting to be aggressive towards them. And and some other indicators would be where the child's behaviour is quite frequent or a parent is noticing that their behaviour is uh, becoming more severe or more intense So as you're saying, it's absolutely normal for children to be aggressive verbally and in their behaviours. But if parents actually, you know, have a a gut intuition or start to become fearful um, or start to change the way they relate to their child uh, because they're fearful of violence, then that's an indicator that it's becoming problematic.
0: Say the child who's displaying this kind of behaviour is neurodiverse or perhaps comes from a traumatic background, does that history change the way we deal with this kind of violence?
1: Absolutely. And I think as a social worker and family therapist, uh, when I'm working with children, I'm always thinking about what's the function of their behaviour. And really, uh, you know, children, particularly young children, they may not be able to verbally articulate what's going on for them. Um, If they've experienced trauma or if they're not neurodiverse, they may not have the language or capability to talk about their emotions and the emotional complexity they're experiencing. So sometimes behaviour is a way of communicating what they're feeling. They might be communicating distress or discomfort or fear um, or sadness. And so we need to consider what that behaviour may be about, what that child is trying to communicate. And then we need to obviously still respond to that behaviour because it isn't appropriate and we need to think about how we can support the child to communicate their needs or express their emotions in ways that are positive uh, um, and not aggressive.
0: In every case, is it always about boundaries? So even when we talk about children who might be having real troubles expressing themselves, um does it become an issue of safety? So even though we might want to understand where the behaviour is coming from and work on that, if violence is involved, does the parent always need to consider the role of boundary setting and how to keep themselves safe?
1: absolutely i think you we were talking about you know where a child may be experiencing trauma and of course we need to understand how trauma affects the developing brain of a child and at the same time as supporting that child to deal with their experience at an emotional or physiological level we also know that children need strong firm boundaries that actually helps contain their emotions children that Feel that they are unable to be supported to contain their emotions, or, you know, we talk about co regulation, where a parent actually teaches a child to self soothe and emotionally regulate is a really important uh, part of supporting children's development. So those kind of boundaries and limits are really important and obviously not in a punitive way. We're doing it coming from a place of love and caring, but it's absolutely something that all children need and it is very containing for them when that is done appropriately and in the context of love and care.
0: And what might that look like? Let's say a child very frequently hits their parent, hits their mother, what might safe and caring boundaries look like in that situation?
1: So I guess depends on the age of the child. Uh, Sometimes it can be for the parent to try to sit and work through with the child, what is going on for them. You know, it may be drawing about what's going on for them. But I think, you know, there's a number of things. Um, It may be a message, you know, we don't hit in this house. Um, You know, I can see you're upset and, let you know, let's go for a little walk or let's sit down and talk about what's going, but it's not okay to hit. And, you know, when we think about just strategies that might be part of toddler taming, or being, you know, parenting a primary school age child, it may be supporting them to learn strategies such as time out. And for the parent, for example, to be able to take the child to their room and say, okay, we're going to play some music, we're going to calm down, uh, we're not going to hit. And when you feel less stressed or or when you know you're able to talk about this with mummy then we'll come out and go back to playing but sometimes it's just a um, it's almost like helping the child to refocus so to distract them from what was the source of their behavioral distress but also to teach them to emotionally regulate and before you were talking about neurodiverse children And we know that children who are neurodiverse are much, you know, it's actually a sensory processing kind of context for children who are neurodiverse. And we need to be able to help them to think about what's what's actually going on for them where they're just overwhelmed at a sensory level or at an emotional level. And also think about how we can intervene early to prevent them escalating And also what are the warning signs or indicators and and the triggers for that child? Um, And think about what we can do in terms of prevention as well as responding to any distressing behaviour that they may be exhibiting.
0: With your work, have you seen the toll that this takes on parents? Because I hear these stories and I, I can't help thinking how hard it must be to continue to care and nurture a child I think we can't help but love them they're our children but then that must be part of the struggle for parents if they are experiencing this kind of abuse whether it's violence or verbal Um, have you seen how parents uh, manage with this kind of challenge
1: I think um, it's a a terrible burden and in all my years of working with this issue, I think many parents suffer in silence and when I've actually researched this issue, the parents that I've spoken to have said they feel very high levels of shame and grief and loss about what they perceive as lost relationship with their child and they sadly often feel blamed by the service system uh, to which they turn to for help. And, you know, I think in our society we put a lot of expectations, particularly on mothers, and when children aren't behaving, the first go-to point is why is this child misbehaving is often their mother. So mothers are often blamed for, you know, for their child's behaviour when in fact the context may be, uh, you know, much broader than what's going on in their relationship with their mother and, again, particularly where those children have experienced family violence or any trauma of any kind. But I think the toll is huge because, you know, the vast majority of mothers want to have a relationship with their child, which is loving and caring and respectful. And they can, we can really, really struggle with the expectations put on mothers and put on how mothers raise children. And that. Mothers can really struggle with what's normal, what's, you know, my child just acting out because they are distressed or because they're traumatized, because they're not able to verbalize what's going on for them. You know, where's that limit? Where's that boundary between normal children's behaviors and behaviors that are veering towards aggression or disrespectful behaviours. And it, and it's very, very hard. And it's, you know, mothers say they often keep this secret for a long time that they find it really hard to talk about to other people because of the shame and the guilt that sits alongside this issue.
0: Mm, because especially if a child is neurodiverse or for whatever reason, I mean, this kind of aggression isn't normal. So whatever's going on for them, there's something going on for them. So for a parent um, to try and manage that so that others don't judge their child as well, like they don't want their child to be seen as the bad kid either, right?
1: Absolutely. And I think in the case of neurodiverse children, it's really, really difficult for parents because uh, there, there are differences, I guess, in the context where a child is neurodiverse compared to a child that isn't neurodiverse and has behaviours of concern. And with a child that's neurodiverse, of course, you know, there, there are different um, elements of, of brain architecture and brain physiology that actually contribute to the child uh, behaving in this way. So the approaches that we use are also very different. They're much more around behaviour modification And as I said, you know, thinking about how we can prevent the behaviour as well as responding to it. So it's, it's a really difficult issue for many parents.
0: Do you have any ideas on the kind of support that might make a difference to families going through this kind of experience?
1: I think... And I know this is so hard, but for parents who have uh, children who are neurodiverse, I think about getting early intervention services early on, whether, you know, paediatric services, um, occupational therapy, child psychology, speech therapy, to really support that child's communication and to support their emotional development and also to support parents to support a child who is neurodiverse, particularly around that emotional regulation. And I think for all parents, I think parenting is getting trickier and trickier. We're overwhelmed with so much information about how parents should parent, what's the right thing to do, what's the wrong thing to do, how to bring out the best in your child, you know, what are are the challenges for children. And I think parenting courses are really, really helpful. And I think also the support that a parent might get from other parents as well in actually, you know, building support networks to understand and to normalise a parent's experience of a child using aggression because it is very common. And and to really think about, yeah, recognising that children go through particular developmental stages recognizing how if a child has experienced trauma how that trauma actually impacts a child's developing brain and therefore influences their behavior and how to also think about them themselves as a parent you know what do they bring to their parenting how were they parented and maybe what 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 they can maybe change in their relationship with their child in their bonding attachment and parenting to support a child and I think Family services um, across Australia can help with that. Parenting programs, uh, social workers, parent educators. I think all those resources are really helpful.
0: Jo, thank you so much for your time today.
1: Thank you for having me and all the best for all those parents listening.
0: Absolutely. That's Jo Howard. She's a social worker. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Feed Play Love. If you did, please rate, review, or favorite. That way, you'll get all the new episodes, plus we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, email me at feedplaylove at Bye for now.